So welcome back to episode three of Talking Fit. Today is the protein episode, and as always, I, Rogan Allport, am joined by my co-hosts. Kane Owen and Greg Foley. So it is a Sunday, 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 and we're having a few drinks, getting a little loose, and we're going to talk about proteins. Pros, cons, how much should you or should you not be eating? Can the human body digest more than 30 grams in a sitting? And whey. Where do we stand on it? Should you? Should you not? Why not? So, moving on. Proteins. Should we talk about the cons first? Cons first. Go on then. Uh, you had a good con, actually. Well, it's the only one. It's the only one that we thought of. <laughs> it's only one kind of protein. Um, coming off a high-carbohydrate, processed carbohydrate diet, you're, because it's basically pre-digested food, mm. for the most part, like this, that's a bit of a generalization, but for the most part, it's pre-digested food. So when you don't offer your intestines, your stomach, the... Oh, let me start that again. So... As this pre-digested food comes down through your intestines, your pancreas doesn't really need to make the enzymes anymore to break down. So you got amylase pro- protease generally to break down fats and protein. And then what's what's the what's the one for carbohydrate again? Uh, amylase. And what's else? What's amylase the? protease and lipase. Lipase. Thank you. That's fact. Um, so the proteolytic enzymes will tend to downregulate. So eventually, what's going to have to happen is as you go onto this high-protein diet, you're going to find it very, very hard to break down mm-hmm. and start. So that's going to be, that's generally why we always tell people, I tell people for the most part to slowly build up the protein intake. I remember, um, do you know uh, Jordan Feigenbaum? Mm-hmm. He, I remember him making the argument. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Feigenbaum. Have you heard him speak? No, I haven't. He's so amazing to listen to. Is He's it? got this great, like, I'm an old New York Jew. There's <laughs> 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 a great episode on him in the um, Worldcast podcast where he's just like, you know what, like, I've gone out there and I'm a widely recognized coach. Like, I'm Mark Ripito's, like, big guy. And still, <laughs> I'm every time... Man. Yeah, I'm a big man. And every single time I go home, I see my, I see my grandmother. It's still the same thing. Geordie, when are you going to find a nice Jewish girl? <laughs> every single damn time. <laughs> but I, I remember reading him making the argument that, in, like, uh, seriously high-protein diets work the uh, other way. Because you upregulate the amount of protein uh, breakdown enzymes uh, that you take in. You almost... You... you end up needing to keep up the pace with it. So it, you have to, if you lower your protein intake then, you won't yield as much from it or something along those lines. Will that work even with someone with a leaky gut syndrome? I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't remember, it was one article I read a long time ago. Or a leaky butt syndrome. <laughs> that's a different kind of syndrome. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's too much anal. <laughs> <laughs> We are two drinks in. Well, Greg's nearly two drinks in. I have yet to finish my first. Three so, minutes of podcasting. <laughs> too much anymore. <laughs> anyway, so in terms of cons, just to sort of break that down for people over the clinking of the ice in my glass. So short story long, when we talk about people coming off that highly processed food diet, what we're basically saying is that because you had pre-digested food, which basically means it's relatively easy for the body to break down and then assimilate into fat, when you start eating more protein, your body's not used to pro- uh, producing the amount of protease or enzymes that are necessary to break down that protein throughout the digestive tract. This can lead to the poops mm. or <laughs> lack of poop or distinct lack of poops. But you said generally, like the scent is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the poops. <laughs> the poops. <laughs> but at the same time, I hope other people think that we're as funny as we think we are. Great. <laughs> you know what? Like genuinely, I really hope that one day I can just meet a nice girl that thinks I'm as funny as you two do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just for the record that, just for, yeah I'm about to say just for the record that it's above averagely funny <laughs> that's all I want is just a girl to think I'm above averagely funny but anyway so this can this can lead nice Jewish girl <laughs> nice Jewish goyle so if you have a nice Jewish goyle you can follow me on social media we'll get into that at the end so yeah so you can basically end up either having many many poops you always have your damn phone on you can either have way too many poops or you will not have enough <laughs> <laughs> or you will not have any poops at all however it's always worth um saying that when people generally experience one of these two phenomena it's because as phenomenon. greg said <laughs> it's a phenomenal situation um they're generally in the situation where they've gone from literally zero to 60 in regards yeah. to their protein intake so instead of going okay i'm going to start you know up regulating my protein intake piece by piece they just go right 300 grams it is there were 300 there were 300 spartans i need that many grams of protein go and that's entirely not the case <laughs> i know <laughs> in, fairness, I, in fairness after you talked about like eating too much protein and potentially leading to diarrhea i was trying to build up like a hot gates joke but i got oh, nothing i got nothing that could have well with it. Mm. like thermopylae could have ended up well <laughs> but didn't crushed it that's what i do <laughs> that was excellent. That was excellent. Anyway, That's so <laughs> I think it's clear, ladies and gentlemen, and Greg's mum. Is this what vodka does to you? <laughs> yeah, this is what vodka does to me. So I think it's clear, ladies and gentlemen, and Greg's mum, that I am the most well, well educated, most well well roundedly educated, the three of us. Uh, um, although anyway, I am the only one who, who studied classics. Who studied classics in university. <laughs> You say that, like, you want to talk about history? Cool as fuck, man. <laughs> That's so cool. History's cool. History's cool. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. That is the one singular con that we can think of, unless Greg's falling over on his second Nuki Brown. Is That's the only con that we can think of, unless you have a pre-existing kidney condition. And as always, before you start messing around with your diet, please do consult your physician. Because yep. though we might be drinking and podcasting, we are responsible adults. So... Now we go on to the pros. Now, the pros of protein are many and varied, and we're gonna get into some of the key ones at the moment, but I think it would be worth starting with um, thermic effect of food, because mm -hmm. it makes you feel fuller for longer, and it helps burn more calories, and we're gonna talk about why. So, okay? Uh, so we're going to thermic effect. Uh, your body actually uses more calories breaking down protein than it uses to break down either of the other two macronutrients that we deal with. So yeah, when we talk about the three main macronutrients, because it's, well, the only macronutrients. Alcohol. Pro <laughs> oh yes, the missing macro. <laughs> yeah. And fiber. Now fiber's technically a carbohydrate. I think alcohol's technically a carbohydrate as well. Oh, it is. Alcohol. So yeah. But um, it does have seven calories per gram, so you can class it differently. Okay, so when we talk <laughs> about the three main <laughs> macronutrients, not the fourth one. Like, I feel like in terms of like, being the fourth macronutrient, it's kind of like the fourth musketeer. Like, D'Artagnan doesn't really do much. Yeah, you know what I mean? Alcohol does a lot. Such nerd jokes. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost, like, our entire audience. So, yeah, when we talk about the three main macronutrients, we're not talking about booze. We're talking about proteins, carbs, and fats. So, yeah. So, in terms of the amount of calories that are needed to break down food, this is something that a lot of people do not take into consideration. The fact that you need to utilize calories in order to break down food mm -hmm. to make calories available within the body. And that is why the digestive system has to operate on a base metabolic level. Yep. And the effect is actually relatively uh, minimal overall. 
And the effect is relatively minimal overall uh, of thermic effect, but it will have an effect on how many calories you, I guess, yield at the end of the day. I think that's one thing that people um, overlook often is, is there's a difference between net calories and gross calories. Yeah, you know? no, completely. So gross calories are what you would have calculated on my fitness panel and then net calories would be what you'd actually have at the end of, end of the uh, at the end of taking out thermic effects and things like that. I mean, there is, there is a lot of different effects. I mean, the hormonal response to it is, is much greater as well in terms of satiety. So yes. even the actual thermic effect of it, so you'll actually burn that more calories while you eat it, but the hormonal response tends to increase satiety greatly over the other two macronutrients, generally. Meaning that you'll feel less hungry mm -hmm. and likely eat less overall. Likely, yeah. Yeah, meaning that you lower other calories that you're taking in elsewhere. It's the the ge a general volume is bigger. Mm -hmm. So like it's more nutrient-dense food, but like yeah. what you'll see over and over again, especially with women when they come in, they'll say, you know, oh, I've been trying this protein, but it just makes me so full. So, okay, that's, great. Not, that's not a great. problem. Great. <laughs> yeah. I just see feel so full all the time. Hey, okay, I'm going to eat less. Which ultimately, which ultimately is like the ultimate first world problem. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I have such an abundance of I food. too I'm many sick. clothes. <laughs> I don't die from acute disease. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. <laughs> My cereal is soggy in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thermic effect of food means that you're going to ultimately end up burning more calories over the course of the day with a higher protein meal. Now, this needs to, this is of huge importance when we're talking about fat loss because ultimately to achieve fat loss as we talked about in episode number one you need to be in an energy deficit this means that you are ultimately taking in less calories than you were burning so we want to make sure that the calories you are taking in not only are being utilized efficiently and are leading to <clears throat> a greater burning of calories overall so that comes into our gross versus net mm -hmm. calories at the end of the day but also, the fact that it increases satiety, as Greg said. So, ultimately, <laughs> protein is going to put you in a situation... Having higher amounts of protein is going to put you in a situation where you are not going to have distinct hunger pangs because of the hormonal responses that are linked directly to higher intakes of protein. That would be chlorocytokinine, yeah. I do believe. PYY, GLP-1 would be the major ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. so those are the base level hormones that will be released, okay, when you take in higher amounts of protein, which will keep you fuller for longer, because ultimately, hunger is a signal, okay? It's a signal that you need to take in food because you basically are running on empty inside your stomach. That doesn't mean there is an energy available for your body to use. But generally, like, your app, I mean, appetite-regulating hormones tend to work against you. For the most part, they do, and I mean... That... Well, because more food is always better. Yeah, well, exactly, like, so, like, I mean, that's... Evolu evolutionarily mm -hmm. all of you trying to diet for something just stay the course yeah know? so like evolutionary like being hungry is a not necessarily a better thing but I mean it's going to make you hunt more often I mean generally mm -hmm. because we went through ebbs and flows of food at this <clears throat> I mean when we talk about leptin it tends to respond much much quicker than even than the amount of calories in the deficit you are so like you said you always spoke about it before you go in a slight calorie deficit fucking Leptin can drop by how much? Fifty percent. Fifty percent within five days is one of the cited nights. So I mean, Which like like you said, generally your appetite uh, regulating hormones will try to work against you. So it's very very important to try and manipulate them as best you can. Which means protein is probably one of the best. Voluminous food. Fiber. Fiber and protein. Very good. Lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, lots of protein, which is why that makes up the base of any diet that's actually going to get good results. So what your mom told you. Basically, yeah, eat yeah. your vegetables, and and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's sad. Well, we yeah, go back eat your meat, eat your vegetables. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. Like, Kane and I joked about this a lot, but like, 
They literally did have, like Arnold had it right back in the 70s. Like eat lots of fruits and vegetables, eat everything that used to have a face. Eat everything that used <laughs> to have a face. Yeah. Not, not anything, everything. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Why are you discriminating? But it's true. You need Kane to have. Cain <laughs> loves discrimination. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're, you're I'm not going to rise to it, guys. Okay, yeah, sure you're not. Let's give it a couple of drinks time. We'll see where we are. But anyway. So, so yeah. So, ginger and lime. This is my last ginger and lime. <laughs> so, yeah. We're in a situation where ultimately we need to take into it's consideration. Like it's like pop. I know. That's why it's so easy to drink. Damn you cans of whiskey. Anyway, so we're in the situation where we need to take into consideration that ultimately, yes, you are going to need higher levels of protein in your diet in order to increase levels of satiety because evolutionarily speaking, and we said this once and we will end up going over this again, I'm sure in more detail, fat loss is actually detrimental to your evolutionary survival mechanism. Your body wants to store fat because it doesn't know when your next meal is going to come and it doesn't know when you, when the next ice age is going to arrive. So we need to make sure that, as Kane said, we are working towards, you know, taking advantage of re-regulating our appetite regulating hormones such as leptin, which is essentially one of the master control hormones to appetite to put us in the situation where even though we're taking in lots of protein, we're still burning fat in an effective and consistent manner. Well, I have yeah. never worked so hard to summarize <laughs> in my amazing. life. <laughs> that was amazing, wasn't it? And this, people, is why I am co-host number one. Co-host host number one. one. <laughs> I know so what I host said. host. Yeah, I'm the host host. <laughs> the host, host. The <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree that I'm the hostess. We're actually recording this in my flat, which is nice. You are the host, yeah. I know, otherwise known as the studio. Mm-hmm. So you call it when you bang girls in here. No, I call it Studio 69. Get with the fucking program, Kane. Jesus. <laughs> Don't you act ashamed at me. We're all ashamed of you, right? Yeah. Always. Why? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. <laughs> okay, so we also need to talk about one of the main secondary pros of protein intake, which is the fact that it is muscle sparing. So one of the big phenomena that we see, and especially when we have, and I'm gonna make a, once again, a broad sweeping generalization because this is what we do apparently in this podcast. When we get women who come in who have typically come from a background of either slimming world, weight watchers, whatever, they basically yo-yoed between a diet which is measured on essentially having a bad relationship with food. Oh, mm-hmm. I've got these many sins available to me, yada, yada, yada. We'll talk about that in a completely different episode, don't you worry. But they come in and they measure weight loss as being the same as fat loss, and it's not the same, because ultimately, mm-hmm. what it says on the scale does not predicate exact loss of fat. It basically says you have lost something. You have this lost many, mass. yeah, you have lost many kilos of something, but you have lost something. I would much rather be in the situation where a client comes to me and says, I have lost a kilo of fat than being in the situation where we've lost four kilos of insert question mark. Oh, but people, like, I mean, it's not mental when you have people come in. I think that's- But that's exactly, but that's exactly my point is that it's hugely mental. So they come in and they've gone, right, I have lost X amount of weight, quote unquote, on the scale. The majority of that is gonna be water glycogen. So your body's internal sugar stores, which it uses to create um, energy for movement and everything else. And- yeah, he's way better. We need to drink every time. We <laughs> I'm so much, I'm so much <laughs> so better when I'm drinking. I know. I keep forgetting halfway through sentences. I'm like, moo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like you're listening oh, to you. No, just take it wrong. No, no. Like, 
I should take drinks into work. That's what I've learned from this. Anyway, so I PT better when I'm drunk. Last time, actually, fun fact. I drive better when I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you are designated drunk driver. So no, but seriously, I PB'd my clean drunk. One twenty, like. Pounds. Like pit, no, not pounds. pounds. 120 <laughs> kilos. Fuck you, Gregory. Gregory. <laughs> Gregory Patrick Foley, ultimate stereotype name. Anyway, so what are we talking about? Protein, fat loss. Being drunk, you were being drunk. About. Okay, cool. So yeah, we get women who come in not drunk, and they'll be in the situation to where the they have lost to the studio, <laughs> Studio 69. We'll get women that have come in from a typically slimming world or Weight Watchers background, and they'll be in the situation where they were very emotionally attached to the weight they have lost on the scale. Now, weight lost on the scale equates to essentially you have lost insert question mark. This doesn't mean anything. We want to be in the situation where clients are losing nothing but fat. So fundamentally, we need to make sure that you are not losing muscle because muscle has the greatest impact on what your base metabolic rate is. So the amount of calories that you're burning at rest, because let's be honest, like I fucking love going to the gym. You might not. You don't want to be in the gym for hours at a time. So let's maximize the amount of time that you're spending outside of the gym by making sure that your base metabolic rate is as high as possible. And that's where, mu- that's where maintaining muscle comes in. So protein, muscle sparing. Let's go. That's so good. I learned a lot today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are such assholes. That's not sarcasm. No, no, that's good. You nailed that's that. That's really fucking good. Um, I don't really know what else to say. But what? But why? Why? So wait. Okay. There's a few points I want to take on, right? So, like you said, you spoke about it before about women who tend to come in with these issues. So, like, um, like they base it on this. And like, I'll have if I have a girl comes in and in two weeks you'll get it all the time. Yeah. I'll look. I look at the sheet. We we use like an in body. It's a it's a type of way to measure body fat and muscle mass and all these kind of things. But it's fairly accurate for the most part. And you'll look at this person's um markings and you'll see. Okay, she's put on 0.5 a kilo of muscle. Yeah. She's lost a kilo of fat in two weeks. It's amazing. Like, you're down half a kilo, look. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, she's like, half a kilo, that's devastating. I've been so good. I've like, only lost half a kilo. I'm like, oh my God. If I could actually hold up a half a kilo of fat in my hand and put out your fat head, <laughs> this is massive. Like, yeah. It is unbelievable. But you'll get it over and over again because they hear their friends talk about how they've dropped 20 pounds. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. In a month, which is either which is one of two things, is bullshit, or yeah. it's it's water and it's muscle mass. Because you can go into the percentages. You're quite good at it when we talk about like thirty five thousand, thirty five hundred calories yeah. per pound of fat versus six hundred per pound of muscle. Yeah. Because yeah, because of the energy differences between uh, muscle and fat. Uh, if you created a thirty five uh, three thousand five hundred calorie deficit across a week and you lost one hundred percent fat you would lose uh, one pound of weight. One pound of fat, one pound of weight. If you created the same 3,500 calorie deficit and you lost 100% muscle, you'd lose nearly six pounds of muscle on nearly six pounds of weight. So if you looked at the, like, the same 3,500 calorie deficit, you could lose ne- one pound or you could lose nearly six pounds. So when you have a higher protein diet and you maintain the muscle mass or when you're weight training and you maintain that muscle mass, your weight will change slower but weight is almost irrelevant because what you want it's is to look and feel better, which you will get if you maintain the muscle mass and lose only fat. But it's very hard. And in fairness, some guys struggle with this as well because they see this arbitrary number as that's their marker of success. So they'll look at it and be like, and there's a couple like I've got in mind who like have done particularly well where I've asked them to increase protein, but weight loss has come down a little bit slower, but they've 
maintained or increased muscle mass, they've actually dropped more fat in those two weeks. And he'll explain to him, like, look, between your first two weeks and your second two weeks, you've actually dropped more fat in the second two weeks. Your weight hasn't changed, but you've put on a little bit more muscle mass. And they still can't get their head around it. They, yeah. they understand it's a good thing. It's like, oh, but my weight... Oh, but my weight. Yeah. And you just want well, to shake I mean, you people get, for it. You get people and they go to the doctors and the doctor says you need to watch your weight. Yes. You need to watch your weight. People and still work off BMI. BMI is good for okay the general population. Okay for gen pop, exactly. But anybody who maintains actual reasonable muscle mass, yeah. you can get bodybuilders at 8% body as fat a, who they tell them are morbidly obese. As a, as, a, as a quick tip, if you are using BMI to test, test how you're doing, use BMI and hip to waist ratio. Because if you use BMI and hip to waist ratio, then you get a much better accurate, a much more accurate picture of how well you're doing than just BMI alone. You say that I'm built like a fridge. I'm straight up and down. Straight up and down. <laughs> you hear that in the studio a lot. <laughs> oh, don't shake your head at me, Greg. But no, yeah, and but that's the thing. I'm, so like, much disapproval coming from you. Greg. No, I know. I never really thought you would be the prudish one out of all of us. I'm prudish. You're a saint, Greg. Mm. Only person I know with a prescri- uh, repeat prescription of penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. His mum's listening to this. <laughs> Fine, we'll edit that out. Sorry, my wife will listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one that really matters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is the fact that like people do attribute this incredible emotional link to what they see on the scale in terms of numbers representing their value of success. And while, yes, weight loss is, sorry, weight on the scale is an important metric to consider. It is one of many metrics that we can use. Like, fuck, progress photos are a great metric. A very, yeah, exactly. So good. Exactly. Sexy mirror. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like, you know. Not, regu- Steve, not a regular mirror. No, but, oh, Steve Collins. But, but, <laughs> a mur. A mur. mur. <laughs> I can't wait till we get Steve on. It's going to be mur. great. But, but that's the thing. And also, not being funny, but just generally the way you like, you look up, you wake up, you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, you know what? I'd do me. <laughs> like, if I can get a client to that point where they're like, damn, then that's a really good situation to be in because ultimately, like, there's no matter how much weight loss you have, confidence mm-hmm. confidence is sexy weight loss makes you more attractive it's like fat loss makes you more attractive Very but yeah fat loss um, makes you more attractive because ultimately that's the societal standard mm-hmm. but confidence makes you sexy it does and that's why protein and that's why protein no you, you're not wrong <laughs> because the more muscle mass you have generally the stronger you are and i have never ever ever worked with a woman who doesn't walk a little bit taller a little bit more proudly and a little bit more sexy if she can deadlift 100 kilos and I'm going to throw that out there. I don't think there's a woman out there who would ever regret yeah. lifting 100 kilos. <laughs> yeah, like getting into the triple digits club is fucking great. Yeah. I'm still, I'm but what if they get too bulky? Oh, <laughs> right. Don't bulky. trigger me. This is a, right, so first of all, we just want to say this. Ladies, I'm going to put a picture of me on social media soon. Don't get too excited. But literally, I'm a man who has tried to get too big for over a decade, and oh, it has not happened. So getting, do getting not worry. It's so hard. Oh my god. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Even like the genetically gifted of us, which FYI is not the three of us standing in this room. Kane's in fairness, no. Tom Thomas is Kane is hot. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, ladies or men, leave a five-star review and a comment of yes, please, Kane Owen. 
if you would like to see a picture of Kane topless, and we will deliver on the talk. It's actually so good. <laughs> yeah. Kane, Kane is one of the few people in my friendship group I could genuinely ask to get his linear alba out for the lads. <laughs> Sounds a lot less. I've never seen him topless so Wednesday. <laughs> Are you. Just <laughs> <laughs> staring at him. Like, honestly. And I keep thinking he's looking back, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I speak uh, guys, like, embarrassing me. <laughs> So that's actually, so for, for any five-star review with a reasonable amount of uh, written material, we will send out a topless picture of Kane Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be the first photo of the, to- of the Talking Fit Instagram page. Just, just follow my Instagram. No, he doesn't have any topless <laughs> pictures on there, do you? Yeah, yeah there's like, like two of them. Yeah. yeah, no, but you've got to scroll back way through the mess of time. You need to do, you need to do an update. I you need to that. show why a high-protein intake is important because yeah. I can tell you not why his granola based <laughs> breakfast very good no calorie granola breakfast no it's fine because we'll do the um, we'll do the carb episode at some point oh we will actually do a carb episode because I love carbs yeah. yeah carbs are great carbs, carbs are, are we are very very pro the intake of carbs I'm pro nothing the only thing you can really be pro is protein <laughs> yeah. Basically, only eat like like nineteen centies bodybuilder diet, protein exclusively, <laughs> and cod liver oil. <laughs> We're not actually advising that. Once again, consult your health professional. <laughs> but more importantly, okay. So we've signed up a few of the reasons why protein is so good, and I'm going to tr- attempt to try and fucking bring this train back on the rails. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we think of any more pros to protein as opposed to muscle sparing for them? But, uh, but they, they, people always talk about like so like there were. Some people who come always worry about that drop in muscle mass. Some of the slightly more educated, and that's—I don't mean that to sound—I I don't mean to sound. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretentious. Very good. I don't mean to sound pretentious by that, but I mean some people just know that little bit more about it, and they'll say, "Oh, I worry about muscle mass. I worry about muscle mass." Protein is protein sparing. Yeah. If you're worried, eat a little bit more protein. Eat more protein. You'll be fine. And where were we going elsewhere with that? Uh, just seeing if there were any more pros that any of us can think of. I, 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 keep you fuller for longer. Uh, Yield fewer calories. Spare protein, keeping your metabolic rate higher. It's so tasty. It's and it's tasty. so good to cook. It's, like, there's only so much... So good. There's only so much you can do with carbohydrate. And, like, you and I were talking about this. Like, carbohydrate ultimately is one of the most important macronutrients for overall training performance. Um, and, and to an extent, energy availability mm-hmm. and, and, and general leanness. And we'll go over that. And another episode. However, like carbs by themselves, with the exception of bread, aren't like overly tasty unless yeah. there was something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I th- but no, but bread in itself, you still have to add fat. Yeah. You, so you still need fat. to add butter to it to make it really tasty. I'm sorry, but plain mm. bread, it's okay. Equally, I can eat it. I can eat it. Equally, but can I'm, you eat like spoonfuls of butter? Can you drink olive oil? You can't eat fat when it's only that. No. You need to have all three. Like, although, you, when you get pretty much all protein is backed by fat. When you get to the actually, point, all protein is backed by fat. Well, it has to be. Yeah. Mm, all it natural is. ones. You get like all dairy, natural. Dairy, no, dairy, all, all natural. Ones. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but like, yeah, excluding like, yeah, so you get like, yeah, like skier. Like skier has got like zero fat. Yeah, protein skier doesn't occur in nature. No, that's why I said natural. The skier plant. No, I like thinking of the skier tree. Like you're just walking through the garden, just getting like straight from the teat of the skier goat. <laughs> Straight. No, it's better when the packaging just grows out of the ground. Like, yeah, just the, the whole pot. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were we saying? Oh yeah, yeah. But so, but when you get to the point where a meal just looks like part of a meal, if there's no protein, in it, that's when you know you're like you're on the right track. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you look right. at a meal, like look at a meal now, and if there's no good protein serving, then you're like that's just like 
That's almost a meal. And we will get into the vegetarian approach towards adequate protein intake at some stage. And like, we're I not feel here. I shouldn't be drunk for that we episode. Are, we are not here to bash vegetarians. That's not our thing. If you're doing it for a moral reason, I get yeah. it. If you're doing it for a health reason... I had to go with my sister today. <sighs> she was like, she was saying, oh, I'm gonna, I, I, I want to get some coconut oil because I want to make some uh, vegan cookies. I was like, why do you make vegan cookies? She's like, oh, because they're healthier. I was like, why are they healthier? She's like, because they haven't got all the crap in them. I was like, what crap? Like all, you know, all the crap that you put in like why like, she's like because it's all shit I was like why is it shit like I, j- I just kept prodding and prodding <laughs> until like she just <laughs> couldn't answer me anymore I was like you haven't got an answer like why are you making these claims you haven't got an if you're gonna say something's healthier you've got to know why <laughs> in the Kano and household if it's not science based yeah. you've got to back that up fucking mouth no, but, <laughs> no, but, but the thing just is like smack the sister <laughs> yeah exactly but then you cannot use vegan and healthy synonymously yeah but that's but that's exactly it isn't it like it's that sort of like assumption that veganism is inherently healthy and I know we're going to go into this at a later point but like but like you said like cookies ultimately a cookie's a cookie yeah a cookie's a cookie and ultimately like vegetarians are healthier because they're more health conscious yeah yeah yeah, yeah, they're more health conscious but also like they eat more vegetables it's not save it for the yeah okay so we're on the protein episode okay so we talked about we talked about pros we talked about cons you're like I'm not here to bash vegans (laughs) (laughs) you end the sentence with stupid vegans no he said said he's not here to bash vegetarians he likes the vegetarians what's the vegetarian guy the big guy on YouTube um Vegan Gaines, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Do you see him rag on Lane on <laughs> Norton? Do you see his parody on him? Yeah, you want to watch, it's actually really funny. I have a PhD. I have a PhD. And it's like that episode. <laughs> you know when Family Guy, where when Peter falls over and he goes, <laughs> for like five minutes, it's like that. I have a PhD. And it gets annoying after a while, but as he keeps saying, it's funnier again. <laughs> I felt that. Like, Have you guys seen Thor Ragnarok? I haven't seen it yet. No, I need to see it's it. It's supposed to be good. Yeah, oh, it's a very good thing. It, honestly, it's the... With the exception of Logan, which at the end of it, I was broken and cried like a child. I cried like a child. Is my favorite Marvel movie only for the reason the fact that they Marvel lean- or Fox because Logan was Fox. No, Logan was Marvel. Logan was Fox. Logan was Marvel because I watched it literally the other day and it was Marvel. It would say Marvel on it because it's obviously got their um, licensing to use it, but it's a, it was a Fox movie. Actually. Either way, so they lent into they lent into we the can't, company. Just can't oh, let that oh. go. <laughs> you know what? Go on, you, I'm gonna let go. it go. Like, I'm not. I'm not sober enough to have this but, argument. But with you. Logan was Fox. Also, quick question to the audience: Flash or Superman? Who's faster? Okay. Okay. We'll get back on. We'll get back on track with nutrition. Okay. So. No, we're not. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Getting back, back on this. Okay, they lent into the comedy aspect so incredibly hard, like proper old school Family Guy, but live action Family Guy s comedy. It was amazing, and Jeff Goldblum steals the show completely. Oh, he always does. He's amazing. What age were you guys when you lost your virginity? <laughs> old enough. Anyway. Not old enough. <laughs> oh. Oh, I mate, we've all done stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so uh, now that we talked about the pros of protein, and if you're not sold at this point, then go eat some ribs, you loser. Well, we all spoke about it before. <laughs> like everything else, everything else equal with adequate protein and calorie deficit, it really is for the most part all you need yeah. as a base level. We always say it over and over again: you get a new client, like, eat more protein, eat your vegetables. You can yeah. get anyone in, and they'll get like. Probably drop somewhere between five and ten percent body fat just by getting a calorie deficit and eating protein. Yeah. Eating protein. Um, and I'm, oh, how I'm easy sh- is that? Yeah, I know, but oh, we're not even trying to sell you it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
And we're not even trying to sell you anything. But... Yet. <laughs> Damn it, you son of a bitch, you stole my joke. But yeah, so, but this is the thing. Like, So before we get massively jumped on and people start talking about, oh, it's all about hormones, it's all about calories, fucking whatever. We do not pretend to be the big guns in the nutritional world. We are... Three PTs trying to make a fucking difference. Well, we and if you don't... Reasonably good results. Yeah, exactly. We get to very we, good results. Yeah, we get reasonably to very good results. I completely agree. And this is the thing. If you do disagree with us, okay, I challenge you on our last statement where ultimately protein mm. and micronutrition yeah. within a calorie deficit is kind of really all you need to worry about. For the vast Yeah, for the vast majority. That is all you need. Exactly. Then go hit up the ISSN, okay? The yeah. International Society of Sports Nutrition. If you do not believe us, position go... Position stance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go find their position stance, see where their party line is, and it'll be the exact damn thing that we've given you. And those are the big guns. Those are the Schoenfelds, the Nadolskis, the arrogance of the world. Thanks for that, Greg. That's all a major right. contribution. Um, they are... That sounds, <laughs> that sounds like you've got a real problem with Alan Aragon. Yeah, exactly. We love you, Alan Aragon. Please come uh, on our show. Yeah, please. We love you. Actually, all of them. Schoenfeld and Nadolsky. Did you see Brett Contreras' um, New Year's Eve photo? Yeah. Yeah, it was literally him, Menno Henselman, um, Alan Aragon, Spencer Nadolsky, and... Schoenfeld was there. And Schoenfeld. It was literally all the heavy hitters in nutrition just broing out together in vests getting drunk in no, it was were amazing. they all the <laughs> oh, no. I don't think any of them were in vests <laughs> in, in fairness I saw this on New Year's Day as far as I could concerned everyone was wearing a vest <laughs> but go look at what the big guns are saying because I tell you what at the end of the day this is all about trickle down education the people at the tip of the spear in the ISSN are putting out this incredible information which is peer reviewed evidence based and completely <laughs> unbiased it's funny my co-hosts are making dick jokes in the background but anyway they are completely unbiased in regards to the information they're putting out there and everything is evidence based so before anyone jumps on us go fucking consult them go fuck yourself (laughs) god you know what I've cut people for less I swear to god that is go fuck yourself (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, oh, no, no, I can't wait till this airs. I'm so this is by far the best episode. I've had so much fun doing this. Oh, this okay, That's so good. anyway, yeah. now that I have um worked the shaft and swallowed the gravy from the ISSN <laughs> <laughs> Alan Aragon, yeah, Alan Aragon, please come on our show. Okay, let's talk about how much protein do you actually need? Because I know there are a lot of people out there who are subscribing amounts of protein that, to be honest, I do not see any evidence yeah. to support the amount that they have unless they are chemically assisted. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's between you and Jesus. That's for another episode, actually, which we'll probably try at some stage, will we? Although between us, I don't think we know that much Tried about what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk, we'll, we will do a performance-enhancing episode. See what I did there? Yeah. So at cool. some point which will be at least 300% more anabolic than nothing. Um, But how much protein does the Mm. average man and the average woman need? Average person just starting out. I'd say, like I'd say average person, I can say we don't, do we need to generalize it between, do we need need to differentiate? I don't think it will be different. Most of the time, like I'll always, actually that's a really good point. For the most part, especially in the female population, more. Just a little bit more than you If they're willing to, if you you get that rare client who will turn around to you and say, 
I will do exactly what you say. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll start looking. I generally will work. Would you work off lean mass? I'll tell you to just work off whole body mass. Ah, uh, no. So Ken and I came up with. Well, uh, I said we, we came care. up with this. We didn't come up Careful with this. Careful, Kane. Kane. Kane comes up with a lot of things. <laughs> That's not dirty. That, that wasn't that dirty, Rory. No, you know, I, I know, but I've had more drinks than you to loosen up. Anyway, so <laughs> stop getting your abs out. Stop was, getting your linear abs out. Anyway, so we're in the situation where we need to talk about like how much protein the individual needs. Okay, now in terms of prescribing amounts, yeah. Kane actually came up with something the other day. I didn't come up with it. It's uh, where'd you, where'd it you, Andy, you do it to me? Andy Morgan from uh, RipBody.com. He co-authored. Uh, muscle and strength pyramids with, uh, muscle and strength pyramids with Eric's uh, Eric Holmes uh, and I, was just, I love one, Eric Holmes yeah he's excellent I remember listening to uh, a podcast with him and he said something and I was like fuck that's flawless I can't I can't argue that like so so when you get you'll get someone come in and, you'll, uh, and, and you, they'll give you a recommendation based off of body weight absolute body weight the problem with using absolute body weight you can say like one pound per gram of body weight you get someone who's 300 pounds or even 250 pounds overweight, are you going to give them 250 to 300 grams of protein just starting off? That just seems, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. This is a ridiculous amount of protein. So that's kind of flawed. Or you get someone and you say, okay, so we're going to give you 1.5, 1.2, 1.5 grams per pound of lean body weight or two grams per kilo of lean body weight. How do you measure lean body weight? How do you know, yeah, how do you know their lean body weight? You don't really know where your standpoint is unless you have some kind of means of testing them. If they're, again, if they're incredibly overweight as well, any means of testing them isn't going to be that accurate. But Andy Morgan said something and once he said it, I was like, fuck, that's so perfect because it doesn't really change based on those things. It's one gram per centimeter of height. Ah. And when, when he said that, I was like, that's, that's almost perfect. When you said that to me, I genuinely felt like someone had... So punch me in the eye. Yeah, it's like everyone's been like trying to find these like really complicated figures. Yeah. Again, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the flaw because I'm like, what am I? One nine, one nine four. The flaw would be if you had like an elite level bodybuilder who was using anabolic steroids. Okay, we got. We got. We got to change up. We got to change up. We're talking like gen pop. Yeah, gen pop. One gram per centimeter is almost perfect. Like you get, you get a really really short person who's what a hundred and. 140 to 150 centimeters perfect. You get someone how, who's how many centimeters per um how many centimeters per foot? I don't know. Is that Siri? Well, yeah. I I always go 100. What's 100 and? Hey Siri, six foot six to 200. What's six Isn't foot it? two? I'd be, I'd be in centimeters. Yeah, I'm 192. 192. Yeah. 6.17 feet is 187.96 centimeters. Oh, apparently not. Siri, you dirty. Yeah. So 187 grams of protein for you. That achievable? No, that's no, not I'm right. 192 because I'm six foot four. You're six foot four. My I'm six God, you're tall. I'm six foot two. Remember that? Seven for Ken? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Actually, the thing is, like, it's it's just flawless. So I actually did that with two nutrition plans for my clients this week, and honestly, it just took out all the guesswork. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe it was that simple. Well, like you said, like most of the time, we'll have to turn around and just say more. I mean, that's an yeah. easy one, but when you do yeah. get that client, they're literally like, because we, and, and they are nice to have sometimes with the clients, like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And you got to just think, okay, this is, this is so much easier. Target this. And that is, yeah. that's the new marker. Yeah. Yeah. Right okay. Good. But yeah. then, okay. So if, if you, if you aren't someone who's going to be tracking nutrition or anything like that, what are, ten, uh, and if you are a meat eating human, 
a good market then would be if either have three or four meals a day and in each of those meals have somewhere between 150 and 200 grams of meat easy yeah that no 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 because precision it. nutrition works on fist sizes they use it? hand sizes yeah <laughs> so is your mum <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Mrs. Lowpoint, you dirty gal. <laughs> uh, yo, she will cut you. <laughs> okay, so, so you can explain fist sizes? <laughs> you can explain fist sizes? Well, let me tell you that some fists are bigger than others. But primarily speaking, what they're That's trying why to... That's it works. But, yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. But ultimately, relatively speaking, the amount of protein that you're going to need is going to be relatively close to your own fist size in terms of the... Um, quantity per meal. So what John Berardi of uh, Precision Nutrition did he still, he does he still own it? Yeah. He's still the majority shareholder. Yeah. yeah. yeah so good, what Precision Nutrition basically say is the fact that you have in 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 your hand you have the ultimate measuring tool. Leave it alone, Greg. So <laughs> one to two fist size oh, no, portions. Palms, palms, palms? Palms, is it palms yeah. now? Fist is vegetable. Fist. fist si- sorry. Yes, you're entirely right. Fist. Fist size portion of vegetables and then a palm size portion of meat. So, or two, depending on what one your goal is. Yeah, one to two palm size. So, thickness of your palm and size of your palm. Yeah. Of Which, meat. to be honest, like, while for, for the ultra, like, anal macro tracker is not enough information, but for the general populace, like, yeah. is, is absolutely fine. Like, this is the thing, like, people, I think, especially within the um, IIFYM community, need to get right with is the fact that, like, humans are not designed to live according to my fitness power. Yeah, like, yeah. We are designed to be able to live in accordance with um, our cravings, but also, much more importantly, our ability to also regulate what we eat. Ultimately, we know what foods are going to be available. We know the foods that we should be eating. You ask anyone over the age of 10 what eating healthy is, and they will more often than not be able yeah, to fucking yeah, tell yeah, you. Pretty much fairly right, correct. Yeah, yeah they'll be able to get it more, and le- more or less on the nose. It's just mm. the fact that we've become like, emotionally fucked up. Like When people talk about the, um, the most over-abused substance on the planet, it's food. It's not fucking cocaine or heroin. It's food. And it's not sugar, it's food. <laughs> Outside of Bolivia. No, but, but I mean, <laughs> no, but, right, there. It, it, it just goes back to the satiety, and also not eating like an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really like that. I don't like that saying, don't eat like an asshole. I think, I think it puts the onus on the client a little bit too much. And I get, I get why people do it. Does, I always go with five-year-olds. Well, is James Smith, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. James Smith always goes on, don't eat like a dick, don't eat like an asshole. And I, I like, in fairness, I like a lot of the stuff he does. But I don't like that. I think it puts a lot of onus on the person who is, has a deep emotional, yeah. not all the time. I mean, this is, again, one of those sweeping statements. Who has this deep-seated, like inappropriate relationship with food, yeah. and calling them an asshole for doing it does nothing yeah. but possibly reinforce. Yeah. Oh no, of course, and that's the thing. I'm not saying you. You're very good because you actually pick the clients you say it to. So in fairness, like you know, we'll deal with like our, like Andy and work who we all fucking love, and he does. He knows exactly what he's doing. He just eats like an asshole sometimes. Yeah, and that's the thing is that ultimately I use don't eat like an asshole to get a humor response. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately when you're addressing people's emotional connection to food, because ultimately food is, uh, the abuse of food is is the byproduct of an emotional issue with food. And ultimately we're in the situation where when you're addressing someone's issue, you, you want to do it in a way that makes them as comfortable as possible. So whether that's don't eat like an asshole or don't eat like a five-year-old with an adult bank account. That's one of my favorite go-tos because it's funny. 
Yeah. It's funny. And that's the thing. You've got to make people feel at ease with the fact that you're saying, hey, like without being too much of an ass about it, you've got a substance abuse problem. Yeah. Well, I think there, even there, we've got like four different graded recommendations of how much protein you should be. First, more than you are now. If you're just starting out and you haven't done, um, and you haven't started looking at nutrition in any real depth right now, whatever you're doing, just eat a little bit more protein than you are right now. And cut out snacks? For fat loss? And kill snacks. Yeah, just snack less for fat loss. Perfect. Uh, number two, uh, so just more. Second, would you go uh, food weight? Or would you go? I'd go um, hand sizes next. Yeah, so, I would definitely go hand sizes. Yeah, just second one. Who wants to be that weirdo at work with weighing scales? Yeah, exactly. Palm size. So the, uh, about a serving the size of your palm uh, in each meal, three or four meals a day. Third one, three or four meals a day of 150 to 200 grams of protein. And fourth one, about one gram per centimeter of height. Yeah. And then you've got, like, based on your experience level, four different recommendations. And, and, and this is something I've been talking about with, um, with James, actually, one of our colleagues. James McCarthy, he's a fantastic PT. We will tag him in, the, um, in all the posts that are relevant to this episode. And you should definitely go give him a follow, because in, in my opinion, and I can't speak for the other guys, because, you know, ultimately... I'm not an ass and refuse to speak for my co-hosts. But James, in terms of his nutritional knowledge, is one of the PTs I respect yeah. most out of That's every funny. person James I ever met. Good. Yeah, like he is the sharpest of sharp knives when it comes to nutritional knowledge. And his whole thing is that people talk about periodizing training both in terms of intensity and skill. But nobody talks about nutrition in that yeah. way. Again, and John that, that, that just blew my fucking mind because I just thought, my God, James, you were so on the nose. Yeah. Like you have said in one sentence what so many fit pros and so many like gen pop individuals are dealing with is the fact that they've been chucked in on the deep end with a, nutri- with a nutrition program that isn't appropriate for them. You don't take the, you don't take the, pro- the um, accumulation phase of a D1 level American football player and give it to Mrs. Yeah. Jones from down the road. So why are we telling Mrs. Jones from down the road, ah, Mrs. Jones, you need to have a scale, you need to have this much Tupperware, and you need to be able to measure this many grams of protein per meal. Oh my god, I know, it's just so Tupperware. You give people a shit for like, people go on bodybuilding.com and take any workout on bodybuilding.com and start following it. You give them a shit for it because you're not ready for that, you're not at that level yet. But if someone did that with a nutrition plan, you'd be like, okay, yeah, go for it. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like you've got to apply progressive overload to a nutrition plan as well. Yeah. Take where someone is right now and scale it up make bit it, by bit bit by bit until they are yeah exactly and that's the thing I think we are so guilty as an industry of trying to meet the client where we are yeah. not where the client is you've got to go to where the client is and that's the thing Like, how many clients have you guys come across where it's literally just a case of okay cool when you come home and you've had a really hard day at work and the kids are chewing your ear off have one bottle of wine and none instead of, us, of two and, and, and uh, that but people will always go on about like about empathy, and you were a fa- you were big once upon a time. You understand that you can actually have empathy, and it's the same with that. Like I don't, I've never been big, big, so I don't have empathy for it. I I sympathize and I feel sorry mm. for the stories I hear. Yeah, and but it's the same. But I mean, that's gonna be the same with that's gonna be the same with the dietary approach. Like mm. I mean, I can't. Or when you talk about like going home to two kids. I can't, I can sympathize. I can't empathize. So we got to figure out a way so that they can keep doing what they're doing, but make it a little bit easier to be slightly better. Yeah, and that's all. And that's the thing, like having just being able to get across to a client, look, eat more protein, 
train more consistently and put yourself in a situation where when the kids rag on you, I, you have one bottle of wine, yeah. not two. It's that so is I, life changing over the course of months and weeks I'm and my years. Facebook group for, with uh, clients that are there, I just put up a piece of advice which was just like really simple, but could potentially have like significant effect. And it was it was if if you know that when you go to the staff room at work, there's going to be treats there. If you say, "Oh no, I I don't want it because I'm um, because I'm trying to." look after myself, you'll get shit for it. They'll be like, oh no, come on, just one, just have a little bit. Oh, you're on a diet, oh, you're on a diet again. Yeah. You're on a diet hate again. That. that makes me so angry. So what you do is you carry a pack of chewing gum and every time before you go into the staff room, you have a chewing gum and if someone says, do you want some of this? You say, I've got a chewing gum in and then they will not question it. But that's a huge part of it. Like, yeah, I know because and that's the thing, it's just the fact that we've created like office cake culture where people try and judge you by the fact that and I mean judge in a negative way. They judge you on the fact that you're trying to do something for you and improve yeah, yeah. yourself that makes them feel uncomfortable because they're like, oh, you know what? I probably shouldn't have had that cake and now I feel shitty by myself because Janet for, um, in the cubicle across from me has said no and actually yeah. has exercised some level of self-restraint. Fuck, what so, a terrible human being am I? So it's just, <laughs> it's simple things like that, just small tweaks that you can make. <laughs> but it's true though, like, I mean, I, mean, I listen, to, my wife says it regularly where she'd like talk about this in her old job because I don't want to slag anyone in her new job. <laughs> in her old job she's talking about like going, like going in and she'd be like oh no I'm not dying like, oh you're too skinny you're too skinny and my wife is in very good shape but like I mean the idea of like saying to her she was too skinny she was she just didn't want to eat cake at the risk, yeah. of, being, at the risk of being inappropriate I completely agree your wife is in cracking shape <laughs> I've never seen your wife grow oh, you have oh, oh my god stairs. oh yeah I did she, yeah, she always goes in to see Annie didn't but, yeah, get a like, good look though but she like, like didn't have a good enough look. But like, is it, but that's the same thing. And don't get me wrong, like my wife doesn't doesn't have to lose weight. But does she have to eat the cake? No. And that's the problem that you're gonna find with society now. Is this the same issue comes up? It's like ah, oh, naughty. <laughs> sorry, sorry everyone. We're distracting Greg by talking about how sexy his wife is. <laughs> you know, I did somebody. I did sorry. <laughs> yeah, you you've done very very well. I, I did good. <laughs> <laughs> Local Irish boy, done good. <laughs> oh, I've made it. I made it out of Dublin. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> you, like, need, you just need like to Billy leave Elliot. me and Conor McGregor. <laughs> basically the same thing. <laughs> all right, sorry. Continue about what you were saying. I can't even remember. Go on, carry on. Where do we finish? Where are we finishing? Well, we're not even finished yet, mate. We're like halfway through. Uh, we've got through. How much? And we're on okay. whey proteins. Okay, so before we move on to the subject of whey protein, protein supplements, pea, rice, hemp, all that jazz, let's just quickly go back over what Kane said in terms of that progressive overload model when it comes to protein intake. So in terms of protein intake, the first thing that we basically said is more. Make the conscious effort to try and eat more protein in your everyday life. Now, we're not gonna limit in terms of sources, where that comes from, meat, mm -hmm. fish. It can be a case of, so what, what you, at the moment, what are you having for breakfast? You're having uh, a croissant for breakfast. Okay, great. Maybe have a little bit less butter on that croissant and have some ham and a little bit of light cheese. Boom, you've added protein. Uh, you've taken a little bit of fat away to allow you to have that cheese and you've, you know, pretty much haven't really changed your breakfast. You've probably made it taste better as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think in this, in, especially in that situation, we've gone 
we are making an increase in protein accessible to the everyday individual. We're not saying, oh, right, you just need to start eating more chicken breast. We're actually adding in the foods that you like. So if you're that kind of person that likes having eggs in the morning, because I like mine with a kiss. See what I did there? I hate myself so much. (laughs) Shut up, Greg. Um, Then eat, just eat a couple more eggs. And it's literally as scalable as that. Oh, I had a chicken breast. I'm going to have... I'm sorry. You have to say with that, if you are going to add food in and you're trying to lose fat, you've got to take some weight somewhere else. Usually that'll come from snacks, but you can't just add protein on top of what you're doing right now and expect to lose fat. Well, that's exactly what I was talking about in terms, but that's what exactly what I meant in terms of when we were talking about when you add in protein, you need to be able to take away snacks. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's ultimately trading one thing for another, which ultimately is going to lead to a greater level of satiety. Mm -hmm. Total. Like, even if oh, you did... Is, but even, I mean, you increasing protein will generally bring down snacking in yeah, the grand scale of things. Like, I mean, and even if you kept your calories the same and added protein on top and were weight training, that would probably result in... Probably still be a sort of mild deficit. You'd, gain, you'd probably gain muscle mass and you'd probably... Mm. Um, you, um, lower body fat percentage just through gaining muscle mass, but you mm. wouldn't lose any fat mass and you wouldn't be getting where you want to be as fast as you want to be. So if you are going to add protein in, you've got to take something else away somewhere else. So have two packs of crisps less in the day. But the thing is, like, how many calories is the average bag of crisps? Uh, 120. At a complete guess. You know what absolutely broke me, though? Like, and it is the stuff that people don't seem to recognize. And I didn't until recently, in fairness. Like, you talk about, like, a chocolate digestive, 90 calories in one chocolate digestive. um, How easy is it to sit there? Right. Do you know what what breaks me, though? Right? Sorry, I, I need to jump in on this because this absolutely broke me because I may or may not have come home slightly inebriated and absolutely smashed a um, biscuit selection. No, that's to replace the ones that I ate. Don't be that guy. When you get a mixed tin you of eat a biscuits... Whole one. No, not one of those. No, that's fine. Okay, because if you hold one of these, that's over 2,000 calories. Or... That's fine. I aim for 2,008. That's fine. <laughs> but anyway, I came home, ate some, ate some biscuits that I probably shouldn't have eaten, but that's fine because life needs to be lived. Mm-hmm. And I just made up for it the next day, which is fine. Anyway, so I was in the... Don't you look at me... Justify yourself to me. I'm not judging myself to you. I don't give a shit about your opinions. I give a shit about the audience opinions. Oh, burn. Anyway, drink, drink your beer. Anyway, we're in the situation where... Um, went in, mixed pack of biscuits, variety pack, lovely job. Had a few bits of everything. Jobs are good. And, however, they judge the average calorie on the outside. So you don't know what the fuck you're actually eating per biscuit. <gasps> oh no, what I realized, what I realized is the next morning you I was- eat the whole packet, so take the average, it's still fine. No, 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 you're making it sound like I ate the entire thing by myself. I did not eat the entire thing by myself. I don't eat the entire thing by myself. Shout out to uh, my flatmate, Brad. Sorry, I did get a replacement. <laughs> hey, Brad. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just but having that scalability model. So first things first, increase the amount of protein that you're eating, and for every um, item of protein that you add back into the into your diet, reduce one item of snacking. Yeah, and you probably will naturally anyway. Yeah, yeah it'll probably happen on its own. The satiety value will, will lower snacking. Yeah, but so long as you're actively engaging in the um, in the process of saying psychologically, I am going to add in something beneficial and detract something negative. That's fantastic. Um, That's funny. Sorry, I don't don't like jumping in. But when we talk about this, I mean, we've been talking about dieting for three episodes now. And we keep talking about the same thing. Yeah, what is the price? How easy it is. No, no, sorry. 
It's not easy to diet. I apologize. That's not and what also, I meant. That's not what I meant. Simple. And also, how the actual theory of it is it's simple. so simple. It's simple. The it's not easy. The theory is simple. It's not easy, but the theory of it is so simple. We and, every, and women's every, magazines have fucking ruined the diet industry. So every, <laughs> every, every health magazine, because ultimately, yes, it is a social media and internet-driven world, but whatever the, whatever the um, literary equivalent of a soundbite is, is that is the quality? A <laughs> yeah, I mean that is the quality of the journalism that yeah. we're getting these days. But we're in the situation where essentially we're we've got clickbait passing as health journalism. I showed you my yeah. clickbait on my phone the other day, didn't I? Yeah. With the dancing hot Spanish woman, such <laughs> a lemon party. <laughs> Um, that's the ultimate clickbait. I think I remember seeing one that one piece of clickbait which absolutely fucking broke me and I read the whole article and it was amazing and it was just disgusting at the same time and it was basically uh, about uh, avocados it was like why avocados aren't as healthy as you what, David Wolf? no it wasn't David no, Wolf uh, why avocados I like him <laughs> <laughs> why avocados like why avocados aren't healthy and you read it and it was like for a long time avocados have been considered a, long, uh, a great source of omega 3 this was the first flaw in the article. Okay. It no. is a terrible... It's, um, it's monounsaturated fats. It is not omega-3. That is a hard no. And then it was like... It went into it and it was showing how basically some people have a... Um, and it was, sorry, it was saying then that it would increase cholesterol. And I was like, okay, so firstly, even if it was omega-3, omega-3s don't necessarily increase cholesterol. Mm. And then it was going into how saying how... Um, there was a study that came out that showed that some people have a high propensity to gain... Uh, to getting higher cholesterol regardless of how much fat's in their diet. And I was like... In, yeah. which, in which case, you all you've said is like, what's the problem? Yeah, it's completely. And it, it was like the clickbaitiest article ever, and I saw so many people share it, and it really pissed me the off. The Mike Chang article. Basically, what it was saying is you can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. I love it. You always see those saying they probably because I, I I like football, so I'm reg- I check Sky Sports News quite regularly just to check out like whatever crap is going on and like you'll check at the bottom and they go five superfoods that will simply burn fat yeah. and I check every time and I buy them every time and they never burn fat <laughs> <laughs> like raspberry ketones I'm calling it now I'm calling it now we do an entire episode on bullshit supplements yeah I am going to make up a supplement. I'm going to tell you it's shit and see if you still buy it. Yeah. <laughs> tell you it's shit. Okay. This will burn fat. Okay, it won't right. burn fat, but it will burn fat. Buy it. Okay, it right. won't burn fat. So we've basically <laughs> gone off on a massive tangent, but let's just bring it back to that progressive scalability model of protein intake. Point number one, like Kane said, add in more protein, take away snacks. If you add in one unit of protein, so an egg, remove a snack item, crisps. Point number two, start measuring protein intake in terms of palm sizes. Are you making sure you get one to two servings of protein? Okay, so... One to two palm size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fish, fowl, doesn't really matter. Thickness of your palm, size of your palm, one to two of those per meal. From there, start actually weighing your food, 150, 250 grams per meal then start aiming for zero point whatever. Oh, so, so one gram per centimeter of height. height. One gram per centimeter of height. Because that number. is your, it's a great number. For short women, it may be, it may be tough. If I, if oh, but they're, they're, yeah. they're out, like, without being funny, they're outliers. Like for the yeah. general bell curve, that is going to be fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do with like, I mean, I've got one kind of thing that I'm thinking of is particularly tall, but very thin. 
Yeah. I'd say keep it the same because ultimately tall people yeah. have more so you frames. Look, so, but you're looking at you're looking at a girl who weighs possibly sixty eight kilos. She's probably my height. Yeah. So you're talking one hundred ninety two grams. If she I mean, could. If she if she can do it, like ultimately, I would say that anything more than again, you're talking to bell curve, and you're right there. So you're talking this is an outlier. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm over analyzing this, and and if for Gen Pop and for the vast majority of the no, population, but, this is going to be even, spot no, but, but, on. But, but actually, I think that's a very worthwhile thing talking about. If like ladies or gentlemen, if you are unusually short or unusually tall, <laughs> you need to take into account the fact that you need to still eat according to the base level of height that you have. And if that is achievable, then do that if you're on the tall side. If it is too minimal, if you're on the short side, then eat more based on your satiety level and total calorie balance. Ultimately, if you are a six foot two woman and like you said, 187-ish um, grams of protein is what we worked out for you, Kane, who's also yeah. six foot two. Yeah, if you can achieve 187 grams of protein, then that is absolutely fantastic. However, if you cannot do that, then you need to be in a situation where you're at least eating more than you currently are now. And if we can move you towards 187 grams, absolutely fantastic. If we can't, so long as you're eating more than you currently are now, training consistently and maintaining a decent calorie surplus or deficit, depending on what your goals are, then ultimately it's all going to come out in the wash. Yep. Boom. Oh, I should definitely drink more when we're, Spot on. <laughs> I should drink more when we're doing podcasts. Mm. Okay, so. Wait. Uh, no, actually, we're going to go on to 30 grams per serving. I thought we Oh, right, that myth. I thought yeah. that was... Okay, so we're going to do this quickly as a myth buster because I think it's incredibly important to um, caveat into before we start talking about whey protein because the average serving of whey protein will be more than 30 grams. So when we talk about what the human body can digest, okay? There's a big rumor that's been floating around for absolute years and I don't know whether it come, where it's come from because that's even before question. I- Where did it come from? Yeah, but that's the thing. Before I even understood the, um, like the mechanism of muscle protein synthesis, this didn't make sense to me from an evolutionary perspective because why would your body limit the amount of protein mm. that you can digest? Body doesn't waste anything if it doesn't have Exactly. To. Mm. So let's quickly just talk about how much protein can you actually digest in one serving, how much is useful, and generally speaking, what should you be having per meal? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna quickly- <laughs> Touch up Greg. Just, <laughs> I always touch up Greg and it's not quickly. So. The one thing I want to just generally stipulate is the fact that the big issue is when we talk about protein intake, we're talking to general populace, okay, who do not, on a scientific basis, differentiate between protein digestion and muscle protein synthesis, which are two very different mm -hmm. things. So when we talk about should is 30 grams, in fact, the limit of how much protein you can actually digest and use within one sitting, we need to talk about the fact, are we actually talking about digestion? So the breakdown of protein to make calories and amino acids available within the body, or are we talking about the upregulation of muscle protein synthesis? And I'm gonna leave this to my far more intelligent co-hosts, Kane and Greg. Mm. I'll take, okay, so when you say uh, upregulation of muscle protein synthesis, you're also neglecting downregulation of muscle protein breakdown as well which is a uh, huge because a lot of the studies that are out there which shows um and if, uh, the the stimulation of muscle protein synthesis um one of them one of them that was kind of said a lot showed that 20 grams of whey protein was enough to stimulate muscle protein synthesis 
The problem with that is that whey protein is firstly one of the fastest digesting proteins, which means that, that uh, the, the leucine in it, which has been the amino acid, which has been most cited to trigger muscle protein synthesis, uh, gets into the bloodstream quicker, raising serum levels of uh, leucine quicker and increasing muscle protein synthesis um, more effectively. If you're having your protein from a more whole source, like a chicken breast, it's the, that leucine is not going to get into the bloodstream quick, uh, as fast, which means you may actually need more protein to have the same effect. Which is why whey is considered to be 104% bioavailable. 104% by bioavailable for whey, meaning that it's so bioavailable, you produce more amino acids from drinking it. I don't know how true that is, but that's one... Well, like this, I mean, this is getting back into the idea of when we talk, like you're talking protein per meal and you're going to get into that whole idea of, it, but it's going to be generalized throughout the day, right? So yeah. you're going to add up protein consumption throughout the day is going to determine protein synthesis rather than throughout one meal. Yeah, yeah. This is the problem you're going to have. So like people will talk about the anabolic window post-training and you'll notice like time and time again, they're talking like, unless you are at an elite athlete level, do we need to worry about eating directly after training to increase protein synthesis? Because this is that, I mean, this is that over again, that anabolic I, window that people talk about. But I even, think, sorry. You even in the it. most elite athletes, that, that anabolic, uh, the, the muscle protein synthesis. Commas, by the way. Yeah, the muscle protein synthesis elevation from uh, a stimulus has been shown to be like anywhere from uh, 72 to 6 hours. So 72 if you're brand new, meaning that even if you... If you have a, a heavyweight training session, you don't need to worry about what you're eating for the next... Well, you do have to worry about what you're eating. But you don't have to get that anabolic window for 72 hours, mm-hmm. which I'm guaranteed that you're going That is to- a myth buster. Like, I mean, this is what I'm talking yeah. about in terms of... Because we were talking about how many, pro- how many yeah. grams do we need per meal. Yeah. But people talk about this. I mean, I remember, like this- I remember going to a gym home, and this is going back six, seven years ago, where they were like, I'd finished a training session. They'd be like, where's your shake? Where's your shake? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have one when I get home. It's like, no, fucking do it now. Do it now. Yeah. They're pouring this shit for me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm yeah. just fucking swallow down post-training. So even, and even in uh, the most elite, elite athletes tested, that window has still been shown to be about six hours. Mm. So you're almost definitely going to eat within that time anyway. Uh, a, a shake can help. Uh, I think the, the way to look at post, uh, post-workout shakes is that we know that there is no negative effect but there mm-hmm. may be positive effects. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about getting it any time between, you know, two to four hours after but, your workout. But this is what I'm getting at. So when you talk about this 20 gram possibly to stimulate mo- yeah, muscle protein quite. synthesis, when you're talking about whey protein or whatever, mm-hmm. it, I mean, the actual amount per serving doesn't really play such a role as does the, whole the entirety of the day yeah. will be... I suppose, well, it's supposed to be your indicator of how much protein you're going to digest. Yeah. And then we're going to get into well, there protein was, synthesis from that. Well, there is one where they had, um, there was one study where they had um, four different groups. One having one serving of 80 grams of protein, one having two servings of tw- 40 grams of protein. One having... Ah, yeah, no. Yeah, four no, servings of 20, one having eight gram, uh, servings of 10 grams of protein. So if we're talking... Across a day. And the, 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 four it stopped at, right? So like I mean, so oh, they didn't do the over four meals. Yeah, tends to be. They, they they found that four servings of twenty grams was superior to both. Um, the, the other two extremes. The other two extremes. But that's yeah. I mean that that goes back into everything and like in a world bell of curve. two extremes, it tends to be somewhere it's in the, the middle. Bell curve. Everything exists on a bell curve. And that's the thing going back to what we were talking about in terms of our scalability model in terms of um, protein progression. Generally speaking, a palm-sized 
piece of protein that is roughly the thickness of your palm will more yeah. often than not one to one to two items depending on source or size will or size area. yeah will rough more or less Could equate out to 20 mm-hmm. 20 anywhere from 20 to 40 grams of protein yeah th- but this is what i was getting at uh, the first part is it's not it doesn't only come down to muscle protein synthesis it comes down to muscle protein breakdowns so how they've tested the you know maximum stimulus what you need to completely stimulate but you can you can slow down muscle loss more even by having a higher serving of protein yeah. within that meal so even though they say there's no need to uh, your, your body can process more than 30 grams in a meal 30 grams is probably somewhere between 20 and 40 grams per meal is going to be damn near spot on for 99 percent of people yeah the middle of that being that 30 grams so yeah. even though you can use more it's probably still going to be a, a pretty decent marker for that's us. Be, I mean, that's going to be based on lifestyle pretty much because you're going to talk about people who only get the chance to eat twice, three times a day. This is getting well, a bit pedantic because no, you're going to deal with, like, so you're talking, and it is perfect. If you can eat four times a day, it's generally what we say to people, eat yeah. three, four times a day. But if you can only eat twice a day and you can only get your protein in those sources, and that's how you've got to do it. Well, it, exactly, and that's the thing. Mm. Like, I, so when I, was working, when I was working in close protection, I was in a situation where, like, what to her karate moves? When I was working in close protection, I was in a situation where we were looking. Uh, my team and I were looking after um, the Federer fam, uh, not Federer. Um, sorry, the um, Andy uh, Andy Roddick's family. So we were in a situation where we'd have to be on shift constantly throughout this entire tennis tournament. And if you know Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Roddick wanted to go off wherever, then we'd have to stop exactly what we were doing, go off and look after her. And ultimately, like if I got the opportunity to get one to two meals in after breakfast per day, then that is what I had. Mm. So I made sure that I got as much scoff in as I could fit within my suit trousers within one sitting. And then if I had to, you know, bugger off to whatever side of the site or go wherever with Mr. or Mrs. or Roddick Juniors, then that was exactly what had to happen. Mrs. Roddick, get it. Hi, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to, nice to hear from you again. Please don't sue us. Greg, we're not cutting cut anything that you no, say. No, don't cut anything that you say, Greg, ever. But and, and that's the thing. So ultimately, back then, I was in a situation where I was like, oh man, I know this is what I'm gonna have to do in order to, you know, get my protein in. But then what do I do? Because there's more than 30 grams. And I was basically just you know like walking around the circle going, fuck, what am I doing? Well, am I am I ruining my gains? Am I increasing my gains? What am I doing? Mm. And ultimately so long as you are training hard and taking in the adequate amount of protein, it will all come out in the in the wash. For the most part. Yeah, for, yeah, the, for, most the, for the most part. part. Like you can, you can 90, optimize it a little bit better. Yeah, of course but, you can. That's the same with anything. Yeah. But for 95% of us, and that's going to be when like we get into like a supplementation episode down the line, and people will always put that as like that extra 5%. Yeah, so like, exactly. I mean, people are like, oh, do I need to take this? And it's like, don't fucking, don't worry about it now. Yeah. Get all that shit right. Yeah, then we can start talking about how you're going to supplement or where you can, or meal timing, for example. Like, do I eat past six o'clock right now? You're 40% body fat. Let's worry about just eating properly twice a day. Was it Eric Helms that came up with that fantastic pyramid? Which one? Um, the one that had a base level of calories and food quality or whatever it was. But it was the one that basically said that like, that showed like the different layers of importance in terms he, of that quality. I, yeah, I'm Are you talking about the Mike, the Mike one where he did like... like uh, Isretel did do one, did but like I don't think it's power. the same as um, as Eric Helms' one because the 3DMJ guys do a really good... They have like consistency and compliance underpinning and all. Then you've got calories, then you've got macronutrients, then you've got 
Meal timing, meal, meal timing, timing, then like micronutrients. Yeah. I think we're gonna, hydration and then I think we'll, we should probably try and um, get a picture of that and put it on the Instagram. Yeah, it'd be good. Um, but so like, because I mean, can... supplementation people take so much more seriously than actually what the vast yeah. majority of them. It's because taking a take... pill is a lot easier than actually. No, it is. But like, and, and I get and I get that as well. People will be like, oh, I haven't taken my fish oil today. I haven't taken my fish oil today. It's like, yeah, and you've eaten bags of crisps and that's it <laughs> yeah. so Did don't you... worry about your fish oil right now so I remember listening to uh, I remember listening to an episode of Barbell Shrug by Chris Moore one of the um, unfortunately he's recently passed away um, two years ago wasn't it? yeah I can't believe it's been two years it's unreal but anyway he yeah, passed away two years ago he was a great form power lifter squatted over 900 pounds and he tells this great story about how he's going to his you know one of his powerlifting meets and he has left his creatine back in the gym <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he is just going on about how like oh like he is he is shitting the bed. Like he is going full on ape shit about the fact that he's forgotten his creatine until one of his teammates is just like doesn't matter. No, squat that, squat that damn no, way. Yeah, because ultimately, like you said, it's that whole thing of supplementation is meant to be supplemental. And I know we're gonna go right onto whey protein, and yes, I am gonna do a shameless segue in a second. But supplements should be supplemental. And if we're in a situation where we're freaking out about am I getting 30 grams, am I not? then yes, we are looking to optimize. But at the end of the day, the training research that is available and the nutritional research that is available at the moment is designed and tested to be relatable to people who are on the cutting edge of the spear. So those elite level athletes, those are the people that it matters for. Right now, Mrs. Jones coming off the sofa that wants to get back in shape. You look, well, at, you, look, you look at like, like sports performance and like 5% sports performance means the difference between like play, gold medal and silver. It, it, not even that. Like that 5% is the difference between like meddling at your high school like track meet and winning an Olympic gold. You know, it's, mm. it's like it's, it's that. I've got, I, I've got to send it to you, but there's but, a, the, the CrossFit podcast does this great thing where they're, um, they're talking to, I can't remember who it was. I think it is I can't remember the tip of my tongue. But basically, they're talking about how um, the average like sprint event in the CrossFit Games, the elite level competitors are being beaten by like just above middle tier high yeah. school sprinters. Yeah. But isn't it? Like, so so at, at that level, the people who these supplements are de- designed for, 5% is a hell of a lot. Like 5% is you putting food on your family's table at the end of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Whereas for someone who's never done anything, 5% is literally nothing. But like oh, we yeah, deal with it. Like, I mean, you can take it back to our industry when we talk about, I mean, you think about it, we love the little, the little nuggets of information and we like getting deep into the nutrition of it. How much of that do we actually put back into our clients? <laughs> no. None no. of it. At the end of the day, it None comes down it. to calories, protein, vegetables. We're just interested in it now. We love it. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. You get the odd client where these little bits of information come in and they say they've got a particular issue wrong and you think, oh, fuck, I actually read something about that. That's yeah. great. But for the most part, we deal with 80% of the population and we give them 95% of the same information every time. Yeah. Every time. And it's going to be the same with your diet. Deal with the 5% when you're actually at 95%. Yeah, and I think that's such an important thing to say is that like, yes, we are giving you pretty much all the exact same information, but when we implement it and the manner in which we implement that's it gonna is be the what makes... Of yeah, but well. that's the art of coaching. Oh, it is. Like, I'm, not that. I'm not denying that. No, like, but the that's psychology the psychology is no, how, that's the thing, how like, you actually implement Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, There are going to be people who listen to this and go, well, fuck, that guy's giving me the exact same information as she's giving to Mrs. Jones. Fucking screw him. But... 
you are damn near the exact same person. Yeah. It's the way in which your issues with food and or training manifest that makes you unique. Your DNA is 99% the exactly. same. Exactly. Like DNA, your physiology, everyone's almost identical physiology. It's, it's fraction. Well, and yes, those, that 1% can make a big difference in how you respond. But again, it's a bell curve. And the majority of people are going to exist in the center of that bell curve. Well, and, and it's, it's the idea of genetics versus epigenetics. And we, we can speak about that. So, like, I mean, genetics is what you're born with. Epigenetics is how you express them generally. Yeah. So epigenetics will play a bigger role in how you end up. Because considering that we're all born 99% the same, how do we have such great variations? It's going to be epigenetics. Yeah. So that comes down to Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, incredibly average cricketer that got to the ball incredibly quickly. Mm-hmm. Fastest man on the planet mm-hmm. in the 100-meter dash. Mm-hmm. He also expressed himself in that one. Out on drugs. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I guess. That again. What are you talking about? Jamaica has an exceptional track record for drug testing. <laughs> <laughs> exceptional. They're going to use your hand again. Away with it. Like, oh, not, they can they, run faster. But you know what? But everyone gets busted eventually. Look at them. They're Russians. It's only because the Russians are shit at the moment. So no one really cares. I mean, sell them out. That's fine. I mean, if, I can't wait till the day comes when they finally sell out the Brits and it's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, Mo Farah has the same coach as all these other drug chiefs, but Mo Farah doesn't do it. Oh my God, we're going to see it in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be hilarious. No, 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 no. You ignorant British corn. pricks. Yeah, yeah, that's corn. <laughs> you know what I'm waiting for? Is when someone eventually calls out China because that is how World War Three is going to start. You're going to have Liu Xiaojun and every other gold medalist Chinese athlete as a general leading the charge please somebody come back to me on this does anybody remember Michelle Smith 96 Atlanta and she just came out an Irish girl came out and battered everyone in swimming and everyone was like drug cheat because we're a shit country everybody sold her out and she got sold down the river you were going to see what's she doing oh flat out I was going in her eyes but everyone was going to the Olympics of course she was but oh it's going to be hilarious when the Brits get found out Okay, cool. So now, okay, right. So bringing this drug-fueled, boozy tirade from our uh, token Irishman back. Okay, so basically now that, that we, now that we've, you know, we're not going to cut anything you say out. You're, you're the draw. Right. So I said in this, I said like a rough edit episode of uh, episode one to a friend of mine who's a PT. I was like, all right, let us know what you think. Um, give me some critique. Let me know how we can improve it. Blah blah blah. Gave me some really good feedback. But the first thing he sent over was that that Conor Gregor sounding motherfucker is great. <laughs> like Conor McGregor. Yeah. I don't sound anything like him. Very no, you no. don't. But it's that generic <laughs> Irish thing. I was like, well, thanks for being a racist. Brilliant. <laughs> That's cool. Anyway, so we're in a situation where now that we've sorted out that ultimately it all comes out in the wash, and so long as you're eating an adequate amount of protein, it doesn't matter whether that comes in 30 grams or 70 grams per serving you're still gonna be in a situation where you are predominantly doing 90% of what actually needs to be done. The rest is down to personal optimization, okay? This is where we're gonna get into a fairly hot topic. Whey protein. Same as steroids. Do we need it? Oh, yes, that's Same as steroids. Like, but you've, if, you, if, you, if, you if you're doing whey protein, then you're just on steroids. <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that is the definition of half natty. Half natty. If you're half natty, then you take creatine, stero- uh, creatine uh, and whey. whey. 
Uh, if you are not natural, then you, in fact, take steroids, and that's, you know, your personal decision. I just kind of feel like at this point, if I took steroids, my mum would be, like, really disappointed in me. Mm. Like, ethical reasons aside, that's pretty much what I got. I, I just think that my hairline's shit enough already. I don't want to oh, risk it. Oh, <laughs> mate, I know. Like, Hathor Bjornsson, like, the mountain's hairline is fucking wicked. Like, it is just going back what so far. What is the from testosterone to HBA, isn't it? Uh, no, DHA. DHA. DHT, uh, DHT, 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 Talk about your um, your previous experience being a Norwegian international basketball player. Figure that shit out. Irish international basketball player once upon a time. <laughs> That's right. You are... <laughs> <laughs> I was. Okay. At some point, we're gonna t- we're gonna get Greg to tell you the story of Terence. But not right now. We're gonna keep telling the story of Terence. It's one of the greatest dits I've ever heard. Yeah. Anyway, so whey protein. Do you actually need it? Well, short answer from me. No, you do not. You do not need it in the same way that you do not need any supplement unless you are deficient in something. Hashtag vegans. I think with with something like whey protein, it's sold as a supplement. Effectively, it's a it's a food. Yeah, it's a food. Mm-hmm. It's got calories. It's a food. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a byproduct of the pasteurization of dairy. Like at one point, this was considered a whey but product. But it's not derivative. Derivative. Yeah. <laughs> a whey product. Sorry, it is a whey product that was once considered a waste product. Apparently, mm-hmm. I don't work. It's what Miss Muffet was eating. I can't stop drinking before these. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I need to keep drinking before these. I've been on point. I've been on But yeah, no, no I mean, yeah. but you talk about it. It's a very good point. Like, if you are deficient in something, and do I advise? protein supplementation to my clients normally yeah. because most of the time they struggle yeah. to hit protein targets it's, anyway it's easy. and it's so easy uh, and like, now it's so tasty like that first uh, recommendation we gave there was how much protein do you need a little bit more great add a protein shake mm-hmm. after your workout why after you work out not because of the anabolic window just because it's a trigger you'll remember to do it Yeah. you'll remember to have a protein shake after mm-hmm. your workout boom you just added 20 to 40 grams of protein to your day fantastic easy win mm-hmm. and like I said like we Women all generally tell you, oh, I can't get over 100. If you can't get over 100, you're just adding four tenths of your total protein intake for the day yeah. with a protein shake. Yeah. That's easy. And it is easy. Um, and that's why we use it. And now, like, don't get me wrong, I mean, how long are you lifting weights now? 10 years? Yes. Yeah. Remember when you first started taking protein shakes? It is like shit. And you had to drink them over the sink in case yeah. you got sick? Yeah. yeah. And, and they just <laughs> didn't make you basically just got clumps of strawberry <laughs> fucking powder Poop. in them. Yeah. It was so disgusting. Yeah, they're amazing But now, like literally it's like a milkshake yeah, we've just like become numb to it mm-hmm. or that yeah most people pre-working that's for a different story you but. say that like I still maintain that the greatest piece of advice I can give anyone when it comes to taking whey protein is do not stray from the holy Neapolitan yep. of strawberry chocolate and chocolate <laughs> do not do it do not be that guy that orders mince pie protein because it's Christmas. Second, James, <laughs> second amazing tip on on drinking whey protein. Generally, don't don't question me on this. Drink it from a don't glass. Don't question. Me don't question me on this. <laughs> no, drink no, no. it from a glass. I don't know what it is, but it tastes so much better from a glass. Because you feel bad. Right, I'll be the first person. That to must say be this. like the difference between like a pint in a glass, yeah, yeah. or in a plastic cup. I'll be the yeah, first. Yeah. That's different. It's yeah. the same. It's yeah. different. Yeah. It's the same. Like, whey protein from a glass. I'll be the, so I will be the first person to admit this. 
I've had a protein shake from a martini glass and I felt classy as fuck. Uh, I did. I knew it was great. So like, how many <laughs> martini glasses did you have? To have the Quite whole? a few, but that was fine. How many dirty looks did you get? Where well, did you do it? In the comfort of my own home. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> you did it at home. That seems even weirder. You did that for no benefit other than I just to feel good about yourself. Have you ever done something that basically falls into that pattern? Yeah, a like, lot of things. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Then why Sometimes twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and always, always at work. It's always at work. <laughs> that one we will cut. <laughs> no, no, no. But um. <laughs> Okay, well, like, yeah. <laughs> well, that makes me think like I was just gonna say we're doing it with friends. It's like you don't have any friends if you're doing that kind of shit. No, you don't have any friends. The best thing, like I've got no friends who would actually like legitimately understand like the joy of finding a protein that does not taste like complete shit. Oh, it's an amazing thing, especially yeah. remember like, the first time you mixed it with whole milk. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, like un unreal. Unreal, like I can have protein with a side of protein in the same glass. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Amazing. So yeah, whey protein ultimately comes down to, it's generally speaking a case of convenience. Like Greg said, for a lot of people, taking in more protein is generally speaking gonna be a habitual issue as opposed to a biological issue. So people, there's no, there's no reason why this man, woman, whatever, can take, can't take in extra 100 grams of protein per day. Ultimately, what it comes down to is the fact they haven't actually learned that as a habit. Their digestive tract is not used to going, these are the things that I want. So, whey protein is just a really easy thing. And as Kane said, like it's, it's really easy. You've worked out, have a shake. That then becomes a habit. And as Mike Isretel has said so many times, habit always, always, always outweighs willpower. Definitely. And that's kind of the key thing. Like... It's building good habitual practices that are going to lead to a greater level of protein consumption are going to lead to you ultimately just being fitter, higher, better better in the gym, better in life, and just generally sexier in every aspect we of your life. We literally haven't even talked about protein from a muscle building point of view and we've been talking for an hour and a half. We've talked about it exclusively for fat loss. Right. Protein <laughs> gets broken down into amino acids within the body. Amino acids are then utilized in order to create muscle via the process of muscle protein synthesis. That is how muscles are made. You create a stimulus to the body via training. The muscle- recommendation almost doesn't change for, uh, for muscle and fat loss. I'm not ca- done yet. Calories I'm will change. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. So, muscle protein. I know I have been yeah, drinking. drinking. Muscle protein th- synthesis. Rum and lemonades. Uh, rum and lemonades. Vodka lemonades. I'm not Cuban. <laughs> okay. So, not Russian. Mus- <laughs> Denmark, Denmark's close enough. So, Muscle protein synthesis occurs within the presence of a calorie surplus. This raw material is then made available within the body to create new muscle tissue. Whether that is sarcoplasmic or myofibular, doesn't really matter. You will build more muscle so long as you are in a minor calorie surplus from high levels of protein, high levels of carbohydrate, and you weight train with progressive overload with a periodized program that's either linear or undulating. You could talk about the calorie consumption that's needed to actually create a pound of muscle. You're quite correct. Oh, okay. Basically, with numbers. Now okay. Kane's going to get numbers. into the numbers, so, numbers, muscle business. This, literally, I was, funny enough, I was listening to this on the way over. Uh, but there's an amazing podcast that I've kind of recommended to all of you, which I don't any of you have ever Tell me what it is. And it's the uh, Evil Genius. Uh, I, I, well, I literally subscribe well, to that. Well, awesome. They're all amazing. But um, there's a two-hour talk, Lon McDonald and I did that one. Broderick Chavez. And they talk in there about how 
when you're trying to create tissue, usually you need about a five to seven to one ratio of whatever you're trying to build. So if you're trying to build a pound, uh, let's say you're trying to build a kilo of muscle, you'll need five to seven times that amount of protein to do so. And as we discussed earlier on, it's 600 calories per pound of muscle. Yeah, exactly. So 600 calories per pound of muscle, you'll need about five to seven times that. Say you said five times, that's three, 3,000. 3,200? Sorry? 3,600 to 4,200 yeah. extra calories. Yeah, from... Um, from uh, or calories from anywhere, sorry. But if you you'd want to spread that across a month, so say I want to gain a kilo of muscle in a month, um, you'd want to have then at least five kilos of protein in that month. Mm-hmm. In a month, so that's not even that much a day or excess protein in a day, and then you're gonna to want to have that much excess calories. Oh, what? It's my pounds now. I've mixed units and confused myself. Stupid pounds. Stupid pounds. Why does everyone use pounds? Anyway, pounds. basically you're going to need about that much calories and protein to build extra, but you're going to need that on top of what you eat across a day. So that's, that's, that, that's above maintenance is what he's talking about. So when people talk, and normally as well, it's, it's, not a, it's not a guarantee you will put on some fat mass generally when you're trying to increase muscle mass. Yeah. And so you have to consider that also into the equation. So when Kane speaks about needing that extra... 36 to 4200 calories you might have to go slightly over that if you want to keep with it if you want to keep with that and like putting on a pound of muscle every two weeks you're talking about a kilo so 2.2 pounds per month that's hard at the start don't get me wrong at the start it's easy new trainers it's the best time to train you make strength gains you make well muscle gains they seem to think that's neurological the yeah, start the, of it. The first so six like weeks. the first bit it tends to be but after that muscle gains tend to be quick as this you get is... to the higher end well I've got a whole, hang on, I've nerded out hard, uh, a document in on my laptop, which is, I've just found loads of studies about like the repeated bout effect and muscle synthesis, things like that. And most of what it, it points to is that if you change the program too frequently, then you create more muscle damage, that is so much muscle damage that your body has to adapt to the muscle damage before it can actually produce new muscle tissue. So you don't actually get muscle gains of protein gains until week six onwards so what you so what he's saying to you is you need to change your program every six weeks no this is my argument now i don't think you need to change i think you need to stay with it for as long as you can until you start making adaptations so as you start making strength gains i've no i found i found that like through my entire life yeah i've the longest programs i've stayed with is the ones i make the greatest gains from that's what i've done i've been doing the program that i'm doing now for a about six months, and I've seen more progress than when I was changing my. And you can look at like I mean we, I mean we do I'm, we do it regularly. You talk about people who train who change every three weeks. How long does that? You spend your first training session finding your weight anyway. Yeah, which means so you that, don't you don't even get a proper workout until your second one. Mm-hmm. At which point you got to deload on week three, and you do it again on week four. I guess <laughs> well, unless you are of an extreme elite level, that yeah. is going to be a very big problem. Yeah. And like and normally you can you can assess quite quickly as long as your nutrition doesn't change throughout those weeks, and you're talking about mo- like you know muscle protein synthesis or muscle gain or strength gain. If it plateaus, then it's time to modify and change in an undulated yeah. fashion, as I like to follow. Yeah, but anyway. Ultimately, that comes down to programming preference, and I'm sure we will do a programming episode at some point. And why, ultimately, progressive overload is king. For anything, you put up a great quote on your Instagram recently, and you were like, you put like, what was it, Kane Owen just now? Uh, That's me just now, yeah. Yeah, what was it? It was, uh, 
Well, I've stolen uh, so many of Kane's quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Played them off as my own. <laughs> Tens of people have made progress on shitty programs that applied progressive overload, but nobody's ever made uh, progress on it. Look, got big. Pro- Loads of people have got big on shitty programs that applied progressive overload. Nobody's ever got big on a shit on a great program that didn't. Once again, for all our female listeners, um, Kane's really hot in real life. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that is a good-looking man, oh, my God! But also, you will not get nerd quote hot, unquote nerd too hot. big. Oh, and he, he is straight up nerd hot. Like straight if you like if you hot. like a chinos and bands wearing man <laughs> with a rocking man cannon of a body, then Kane Owen is your man. Damn, Kane, you are. <laughs> I know Kane, you're say. so sexy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. So do we have anything else that we need to really go over? I think we have... We've done protein we've to death. This. Like, we have... We have milked this a little bit. We've had a few uh, a few little other stories in there. But, you know, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And also, even though it's like over an hour and a half long, like we're going to cut out at least half episodes. an hour of you. Yeah, you see. Haha, <laughs> great. Helping the people out. Helping the people out. Exactly. Imagine so, the show if it was just me. Yeah, also, comment, <laughs> comment so below if you would like to hear Greg's outtakes. Not some of them we can't leave in. Well, I mean, you say that. We definitely can. We probably shouldn't. <laughs> okay. okay, so thank you so much for listening to the Protein episode on this Sunday evening, which has been substantially boozier for me than I planned, but apparently I podcast better when drunk. So... As always, if you want to follow Rogan Allport on all of the things social media, you need to follow at Coach Rebel on Instagram and at Rebellion Strength on Facebook. Uh, and you can follow me at uh, Kano and Strength and Fitness Coaching on Facebook or Kano and underscore SFC on Instagram. You can follow me on Shamrock Strength on Facebook, and that's all I'm on at the moment. We're trying to get him onto the old grams. Get but a Facebook, uh, you can steal more of my stuff. I am on Facebook. No, on Instagram. Okay, I will steal more of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. Like, if you go on Instagram, you'll be actually be able to steal from both of us. Mm. Um, by this, <laughs> I know, it's great. We're making you better. So, by this point, we should also have the Talking Fit Facebook page and the Talking Fit Instagram page live so once you hear this please do go follow the links that are going to be in the description below to like our social medias the talking fit social medias and also please leave us a five-star review leave us some positive comments that are going to help us get better we are not looking for people to blow smoke up our ass however we are also not looking for dickheads you asked for a five-star so. review you should send us a five-star review but please don't blow smoke up our ass no if we think we deserve a five-star review then fucking go for it if we deserve four star then Good on you. However, <laughs> oh, like, no, don't, don't. Yeah, you, oh, know, that, if that you want show, a three, that just show. be careful. I'll yeah, wait you, outside your house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, short story long, guys. We are actively trying to get better on this, and I personally, I feel this was our best episode. I want to make it yeah, fair. We do. We want. We want to make this better for you. We want you to enjoy it. So that's what we put. We try to. This isn't. A, it, it's science based. But it's it, we try to make it as approachable as possible. So we, we try to make to it funny. Yeah. We tend to get into anecdotes, I realise that. But we want to make it as natural as possible. If you want it to swing a different way, a little bit more, just tell us, please. If we it's want too in-depth, if it's not in-depth enough, just yeah. please. And, like, and if we're not breaking down the science enough for you guys, let us know. Because ultimately... We love the science. We, and we yeah, we are such nerds. We are such nerds. But also, we're very much in a situation where the only way that we can actively talk about the progressions that are being made in our industry is by engaging with the science and all the literature that's coming out at the moment. And it's our job to be the people that make this literature and this science available 
and applicable to you. So if you do not understand the things that we are talking about, or if you feel like we are glancing over things which may feel normal to us, but may feel more in depth to you, just let us know and we will backtrack and go over exactly what needs to be said in order to make sure that you take the most away from this podcast. Because without you guys, we literally have nothing. We're here for you, please input. Exactly. So once again, reviews, five stars and or otherwise, positive comments and critiques, uh, all constructive criticism welcome. Follow us on all the things. And as always, we are your hosts. This has been the Talking Fit Podcast and we hope you've learned a fuck ton about protein. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week.